Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Forgiving those who have offended us is one of the bigger challenges we face as Christians. I know there are some listening to this right now who have been hurt by horrific sins, who struggle to forgive the perpetrators and enablers of their abuse. Even those who are victims of lesser crimes wrestle with the inclinations of the flesh like malice and vengeance. And yet the Savior hung on a cross— Battered and beaten to a pulp, betrayed by one close to him, abandoned by nearly everyone closest to him, bearing the insults and condescension of the powerful. Bearing all this, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Regardless, in these moments of pain and grief, we are tempted to wonder, do I have to forgive? But before we get into this, please help me out. I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach as many people as possible. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please hit subscribe and that little bell icon to receive updates when I upload new content. If you're listening to the Gospel Saves podcast on Apple or Spotify, please consider giving it a five-star rating and writing a review. When you do one of those simple things, you help the big tech algorithms to notice my content. I appreciate your help, so please help me preach the good news of Jesus to as many people as possible. All right, let's talk about do I have to forgive. The Bible's answer is pretty clear. Yes, we need to forgive the offenses of others. Jesus, in Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4, warns us, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. If we have been offended, we need to take the initiative by letting our offender know how he or she has hurt us. Sometimes other people have no idea how they have offended us. I have been in this situation more times than I can count. I said something without the intent to harm, only to find out later that my words or actions hurt another person. And the same is true in reverse. Others have unintentionally hurt or offended me. So waiting for our offenders to come to their senses on their own means the offense may never be resolved. Instead, Jesus counsels us to rebuke those who offend us, and if they repent and ask for forgiveness, we should forgive. And he takes it a step further by urging us to forgive those who offend us as many times as they require. The reason why we are to be quick to forgive others as often as is needed is found in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, 
neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus has just modeled prayer for his disciples, a prayer we often call the Lord's Prayer, in which he says, Father, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Of all the parts of the prayer Jesus could comment on, he chooses to revisit forgiveness, teaching us that if we want God to forgive us, then we need to forgive others. As he said previously in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I need to be willing to forgive because God will only be merciful to those who have been merciful to others. Jesus illustrates this principle in the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, 21 through 25. A servant owes his master a vast sum of money, 10,000 talents, which he cannot repay. So he begs his master to forgive the debt. Having received his master's forgiveness, the servant does not show any mercy to his fellow servant who owed him a comparatively meager amount of money. When the master finds out about the unforgiving servant, he punishes him severely for his lack of mercy. The parable reminds us of a few key points. Our sins have deeply offended God and have racked up a debt we could never repay. The sins of others committed against us are not a comparable debt. In fact, they are a rather paltry debt in comparison. Should we choose to not forgive others, God will retract his forgiveness of us in response. Or as Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Jesus' teaching on forgiveness is simple and direct. We need to be willing to forgive anyone who sins against us, or else we jeopardize our own souls. But if that's true, why do we struggle to forgive others? One reason we struggle is we wait for an apology. We convince ourselves our offenders will realize how they have hurt us, and they will come to us with their apologies. But remember what Jesus said in Luke 17, 3. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If we have been offended, we need to take the initiative. Waiting for our offenders to come to their senses on their own means the offense may never be resolved. Jesus teaches us how to do this in Matthew 18, 15-17. He teaches us to go to our offender first in private. If he or she will not listen, then go to them a second time with witnesses. If he or she will not listen to you and your witnesses, then take the matter to the church. Or if it is in a work context, take the matter up the chain of command. But far too often, we do not follow the words of Jesus. We never have a conversation with the person who offended us because we convince ourselves that they won't listen. Or we go behind their backs and talk to others instead of seeking reconciliation. Or we skip steps one and two by involving those in authority. I urge you to take to heart the words of Jesus. If you are offended, don't wait for an apology. Go to your offender. Express how he or she has hurt you and seek to resolve the offense as quickly as possible. Another reason why we struggle to forgive is we fail to see the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Reconciliation happens when two hostile parties resolve their issues and change the relationship from enmity to friendship. Reconciliation is what God sought with us. In Romans 5, 8-10, Paul says, 
But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Without the blood of Christ washing away our sins, we are God's enemies. God did not want to be our enemy, so he offered Jesus in order to be reconciled with us. In return, we do not want to be God's enemies, so we accept his terms by confessing our belief in Jesus, repenting of our sins, and submitting to the Lord's command by being baptized in Jesus' name. This is reconciliation, two parties who are enemies with one another seeking peace and friendship. Reconciliation is different from forgiveness insofar as forgiveness requires only one party, while reconciliation requires two. I can be reconciled to God because that's what we both want. He does not want to be my enemy, and I don't want to be his. You can forgive an enemy, but you can't necessarily turn an enemy into a friend. As they were both being executed, Jesus and Stephen sought to forgive their enemies, but their forgiveness did not turn their enemies into friends. I can forgive my offenders without reconciliation. Sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that forgiveness rights a wrong. Some people struggle to forgive because they think by forgiving the offender, they are saying that what the offender did is okay. But that's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means no longer charging another with a wrong. The one who forgives does not hold the offense against the offender. However, forgiveness does not deny that the offense happened, nor does it say that the offense was okay. What was done to hurt or harm you was wrong, it will always be wrong, but forgiveness means you no longer hold the offender accountable. As I begin to wrap this up, I'll leave you with a few benefits we experience when we forgive. Over the long term, forgiveness relieves the pain we feel from hurt and harm. To be honest, it's easier to be angry than it is to deal with our pain. But harboring our anger, nursing it, and allowing it to fester is only hurting one person, us. One person observed, resentment is like taking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Forgiveness is the harder path, but it is the path that leads to internal peace and spiritual well-being. We will feel better in the long term if we strive to forgive. Forgiveness also helps us leave the past behind. When we refuse to forgive the offenses of others, it's very easy to live in the past and wish it was different by thinking about and reliving the offense over and over. If we remain stuck in the past, we will find it increasingly difficult to move forward in the present and into the future. The only way to put the past behind us is to confront it directly, and in some cases, Forgive others for past offenses is the only way to escape the trap of living in yesterday. Forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past, and by forgiving we are able to move on into the future. Forgiving our offenders also helps us learn humility. It is sometimes hard to admit that we are offended. We view it as a sign of weakness. Because it's hard to admit our offense, it's easier to assume the high ground. 
I'm offended, but I'm going to be the bigger person and just forget about what was done. The trouble is the offense remains unresolved, and try as we might, the likelihood we will be able to forget what was done without forgiving is very low. Humbling ourselves, recognizing our own frailties, and acknowledging our offense is the better way. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble is a good verse to keep in mind. If we humble ourselves, God will help us learn how to forgive those who have wronged us. In closing, Paul says in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. This is a verse that urges us to quickly seek resolution with those who offend us. For some sins, though, forgiveness does not happen overnight. I know a dear woman whose son was killed in the Vietnam War. After his death, war protesters would call her and say all sorts of horrific, terrible things. To add further insult to injury, he died at a time when it had become abundantly clear that the war was a useless affair and we had no business fighting in Vietnam. She related how all of these factors led her to bitterness, so much so that her husband urged her to do something lest she be swallowed up in resentment. It took her around a year of daily, determined effort to reach a point where she could say with all sincerity, I forgive them for what they did to my son and our family. Forgiveness may take weeks, months, or even years, but it is a goal worth pursuing. It is a cleaner way, a way of peace, a way that leads to wisdom and strength of character. So if you are troubled by the offenses of others, I urge you to start your journey to forgiveness today. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.